of the Sacred Feminine, whether you are across town or across the globe. I'm your host, Karen Tate, and it is my pleasure tonight to uh, welcome to the show Barbara Wilder. We're going to be talking about uh, Money is Love, transforming the energy of money uh, from uh, fear and lack to love and abundance, something we all could use. Uh, But first, I want to say thanks uh, to Celia for that little snippet from her uh, cut called Everyday Goddess, because you know what? We all are goddess. We all have within us the spark of the divine, and especially in these days right now, in life as we know it, can be challenging. So treat yourself gently. Treat yourself with kindness. Give yourself the benefit of the doubt and do the same for your friends and the folks you're run into. Pay it forward. We all need an extra bit of kindness. And you know what? We all need an extra bit of abundance, too, uh, most definitely. Uh, These days, um, so many of us are, um, you know, filled with fear and worry and angst and uh you know we hear it all over the middle class is disappearing uh there's the biggest uh income disparity uh happening right now than worse than it was uh you know during the times of the uh depression and you know it if you've been working harder and making less um, we know what the statistics are. Just a small handful of people are concentrating all the wealth in their hands. And yes, uh, we are part of the revolution to change that. Uh, yes, we know about caring economics. Uh, yes, uh, we are the 99%, and uh, we're going to shift that paradigm so that uh, there is more fairness in the world. But part of that is shaping our own perceptions uh, because our thoughts and our perceptions create our reality. And maybe that's part of what our guest, Barbara Wilder, is going to be speaking about tonight. Uh, Because, you know, we do sometimes, unfortunately, have a scarcity mentality. And is that worry that there is not going to be enough, does that worry block us from love and abundance? 
You know, sometimes I think so. You know, when we are trying to achieve something, if we have doubt or we just uh, right there with that doubt throwing a roadblock uh, in the way of success, well, you know, Barbara's the expert, and uh, we're going to turn to her to get uh, uh, some of her advice on uh, what we can do uh, to uh, transform the energy of money uh, from fear and lack to love and abundance, uh, because we have to start thinking about money as love. So let me tell you a little bit about uh, tonight's guest, uh, Barbara Wilder. Uh, Barbara's greatest passion uh, is to bring light into the dark corners of our hearts and minds to help shift human consciousness up into the vibration of universal love. She's been speaking to this purpose across the U.S. and internationally for over 25 years. And in her groundbreaking book, uh, Money is Love, Reconnecting to the Sacred Origins of Money, which is considered one of the foundational works of the sacred economics movement, she showed us how to reconnect money to the sacred feminine and transform it into an agent for both personal and global prosperity. Her second book, Embracing Your Power Woman, enthusiastically endorsed by Deepak Chopra, Shirley MacLaine, Jean Houston, Carolyn Miss, uh, some of those folks uh, guests here on the show, and many others, um, is, it's a radical program that gives women in the second half of life the skills to recognize, embrace, and embody their innate feminine power and step into their leadership roles for the new era. Barbara has been a guest on network TV and numerous radio talk shows. Her popular workshops inspire participants internationally. She's a dynamic keynote speaker, speaking locally, nationally, internationally. Uh, She's been on Deepak Chopra's Alliance for a New Humanity in Puerto Rico and the Universal Peace Federation's International Peace Conference in Seoul, Korea. Uh, She's been a member of the faculty of Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, and Naropa University in Boulder, Colorado. She's an ordained minister, renowned spiritual teacher, energy healer. Uh, She lives in L.A., uh, where she maintains her spiritual healing and coaching practice, and she travels wherever she is called to speak about how we can create a more light-filled and balanced world of peace, goodwill, and abundance for all, and boy, do we need it. Barbara, welcome, welcome, welcome to Voices of the Sacred Feminine. Oh, thank you, Karen. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I am I, so glad to have you. And, uh, you know, as I said in the intro, um, you know, life is challenging now, and uh, money sure makes things a bit easier. Uh, and uh, I don't know, was I on the right track a little bit with some of those opening comments? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but uh, because what we have to do, and interestingly, I think that everything that's happening right now is a product of, or it's it's the activation of the money is love consciousness that has brought all of this tension and fear and rage and on so much of it at the feminine but at the other and everything it's all coming up so that we can release it into the new energy of money is love and and okay. bring in the new energy so it's i i feel that we're at we're at i've been working on this for specifically on money is love and with the royal purple energy of 
of higher will and abundance and goodwill for all uh, for like 40 years. So, um, okay. and now we're here. Okay. And, well, yeah. Uh, uh, well, and 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 I want to make sure I understood what you just said. Um, okay. You know, I, I've I've had this theory that um, things have happened, you know, the way they are with Donald Trump and the ugliness that you know came from him, and maybe even the re- you know the revelation for so many of us that you know the Democratic establishment was not really looking out for us. Uh, economically either, you know, so neither political party really was looking out for what was best for the 99%. And I think maybe a lot of people have finally come to that realization too. And, um, and, and they hoped that maybe with Mr. Trump they had uh, voted outside the establishment to maybe affect some change. Um, is, is that sort of what you're saying, that um, the, what has been revealed uh, is, uh, you know, the reality of, uh, you know, how, how the deck is stacked, how the game is rigged, uh, because if we don't know that, then we can't really change it? Yes. Basically, that's true, but we have to look at it from the energetic level. Okay. Um, because money is energy, and everything that's ev- and everything is energy, and how and how we think and feel uh, creates directs how energy works. So, so I, I I think I'll just go back to the the beginning because we, we, I jumped in here at this point where we are in history now, which is just so amazing to me, but. <laughs> We have to look at it's not just these two political parties and everything that's going keeping people poor and out of balance and not you know the rich get richer and the poor get poor that's been that's been part of our of the culture of the world for five thousand years okay that is the culture because. We came to this collective understanding and of this false belief that there's not enough money to go around around five thousand years ago when we began when we moved out of the the mother god culture into the patriarchal or the dominator culture. And okay. that's a very long story of how we how we shifted that and what was, that was about. But really, had a lot to do with abstract thought, and and what it did was it we it, it it was all about creating duality. It was all about saying if somebody somebody's better than somebody else. And one of the major ways throughout this past five thousand years of history to be better than somebody else was to have more money than somebody else. And in this belief system, in this that there isn't enough to go around, you have to, you know, fight and die to get your piece of this very limited pie. And that's as we're coming to the end of this era of duality and polarity and me versus 
them and the us versus uh, you know them and the haves and the have nots and the men and the women and the black people and the white people and the muslim people and everybody's the other all of that stuff is part of this whole belief system that we've been living in which keeps us all out of balance and everybody okay. always feeling like they don't have enough, no matter how okay. much they have. So now... It, is, wait, is, is that why rich people never seem to have enough? <laughs> mm-hmm. Because, yes, okay. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Rich people f- fear losing what they have just as much as poor people, and sometimes a lot, you know, even more. Because, okay. you know, um, some poor people just, you know... Go, you know. Well, I, I've survived so far, you know. Yeah. Um. So yes. So you're absolutely right. That this is. I mean, and, and it's and it's, but it's never been as insane as it is now. Because right now, this has never happened in history before. Um, six. And you were mentioning the statistics. And I'll tell you the the actual statistics are that 62 individual human beings own as much of the wealth in the world as 3.5 billion of the poorest people in the world. That's 62 to 3.5 billion. And that's really insane. Yes. Yes. That, that kind of and so that kind of imbalance is what we are dealing with right now. That finally. And and so what so what came to a head and it's been coming to a head in the western world um just over the past year is this more and more anger. More and more anger is coming up out of people's out of people's hearts and 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 because the fear, it's the fear of the other. It's the fear, you know, it's the, the, the whole Muslim um, immigration thing in Western Europe and, and in the United States is like, they're the other. They're going to take everything that's ours. You know, the Hispanics, the white people that, that think the Hispanics are, are in the United States and they have to be thrown out now because they're taking our jobs. They're taking from us. And that well, it's is such, it's such misdirected fear and anger. I mean, you know, they, yeah. you know, the 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 you know the the person picking fruit is hardly taking a job away from. I, I mean, you know, the, in the South when they got rid of all the immigrants, uh, there was nobody to pick the food. You know, right. because That's right. you know, uh, white people didn't want to do that kind of work. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Um, and but but you know it it feels like our media, you know corporate owned media of course scapegoats certain uh, people because they want to keep us divided. Exactly. Because you know rather than focus on the people who really are pulling the strings and make the you know the economics uh, you know shape the economic situation. Right. Right. So what we have to do, and and is we well we're, we're, it's we have to move into a new 
understanding. And that understanding is that there is enough to go around. There's more than enough. There is absolutely, so we have to change. It's just a shift in consciousness. And so that shift, and that's why I'm talking about the energy of it, because the shift in consciousness comes from uh, uh, moving into a higher vibration in our in, in our consciousness, which we we can come to through meditation and you know moving into a, a higher level of of uh, of, of of love energy, really. Mm-hmm. And, the, and one of the greatest imbalances, of course, on the planet is between the 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 masculine and the feminine. So, yeah. so as and so, what is happening is that the feminine, the feminine energy, we just think of it as the feminine energy or the goddess energy, is moving up out of the dark mist where she's been sort of sitting in in hiding for the past five thousand years, or at least the past two thousand. Um, you know, coming and she's coming out. And she's coming out in in our hearts. She's ex- coming out. And the 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 goddess that I work with with around the money is love is Kuan Yin. Okay. Um, because well, when I wrote Money Is Love, my book years ago, you know, it's been out for I don't know since 1998. Um, when when I was when I was getting ready for the book to be published. I was looking for something, you know, to go on the cover. And because there's no mention of Kuan Yin in the book, but all of a sudden I found this picture of Kuan Yin. I mean, it was, it was in an art history book because we couldn't, you know, we didn't Google, have Google images back then. So I, I was looking through an art history book. I found this beautiful Kuan Yin, and, and, and I said, oh, I'm a, I want her to be on the book. <laughs> I'll put her on the cover. I had no idea why. I had no idea why. She just was beautiful. And then I had a student draw her, and then we put the, the coin, because on the cover of the book she's holding the, a Chinese coin and bringing it into her heart. And, and over the years, as I've worked with, this, with Money as Love and transforming the energies around money um, from fear and greed into love and abundance for all, she has always been with me. And... Mm. She is there, and, and 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 over the years, more and more and more, I, 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 working with this, I got to know her. She became, and she became my, she became my mother. And, right. Uh, you know, and really teaching and loving me, and teaching me how that we, that her compassion, her compassion is what is going to do this transformation. And her energy, that energy of compassion, is is moving out through the whole planet right now on the planetary grids in the form of a in a, an energy that is the color of royal purple. Mm. And this energy, this royal purple energy, she's been holding for us all for a very, um, and it's time for it to come into the world now. And it's and that's what has brought up all of this anger to the surface, and the anger at the feminine, because that, that I mean that's the major you know 
leaked into bubbling up so that it's like you've got to clear, you know, you've got to clear the the cesspool before the you know, the 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 beauty and the and the clear water and all the abundance can bubble up to the surface. So, Barbara, you know, here in the goddess community, um, you know, those of us who've been, you know, into the goddess thing for a long time, well, first of all, I, in a way I was a little bit surprised to hear Kuan Yin. I understand now uh, why Kuan Yin. I, I was expecting to hear you say Lakshmi. Uh, yes, of because course. <laughs> you know, Lakshmi is even the symbol on banks, you know, in India. Right. Um, right. But but would you say that this you know as women are stepping out into the world who uh, you know are struggling for economic parity uh, as we're talking more like Rianne Eisler does about uh, caring economics you know it's about mm-hmm. uh, partnership and uh, and caring and nurturing and you know recognizing this layer of um, uh, of service that. Um, uh, you know, women have been giving free, you know, taking care of kids, mm-hmm. taking care of older people. Uh, it's, you know, Genevieve Vaughan talking about a gift economy. It's Charles Eisenstein. You know, he's also part, of, I think, of the sacred economics movement, too. Yes. Is mm-hmm. it all of these different threads of the tapestry that are pushing this momentum, pushing this paradigm uh, that that you're talking about? Yeah, it's all part of it, yes. Um, and we we just come, everybody brings their, I like your use of the word, the tapestry, their, their thread of the tapestry, I like to call it their piece of the mosaic, um, to to create this this new economy, um, and I just I I work with I, because I work with light energy, and that's that's a piece that I work with the most. I'm seeing it and feeling it, and sensing it as as the actual um, energetic color of this of this royal purple, which is the first time the royal purple will be you know, really ex- expressed through, uh, through the chakra systems. Um, so, and it's really, so, but yes, absolutely. And the, the, and I want to speak to the, the giving, the over giving. There's a, there's a, a lot of, here's, here's, okay, I'll stay, I'll start with that. Um, in so many, so many of the teachers that talk about, bringing prosperity into your life. There's two pieces that I think are missing. And that is one piece is that it's in this new era, it's not just about, it cannot be about me first. It has to be me and all of us. Yes, bringing forth your own abundance, but when we move into into money is love energy we're moving into true wealth that does not is abundance that does not create scarcity and that's the shift that's the shift and and 
so it's it's about it, it's 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 coming into community. It's creating. It's about unity. It's about us being a family on this planet together, and knowing that we're we all have. There's enough for all of us, and so we don't have to be in competition. We don't have to be fighting. We we each have this our own unique gifts to bring to my new book's called Creating a Sacred Marketplace, to bring into the marketplace and share and, 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 and receive back as opposed to just being consumers. Right, um, right. But the well, other well, what I hear, the other what I hear you that, saying, yeah. what I hear you say, saying, Barbara, is it's not just about getting abundance for ourselves, that we somehow, as we were trying to get this abundance for ourselves, we also have to think about the people in our community, our family, maybe people on the other side of the world. We can't get it at the expense of someone else. But but exactly. how does but how does one take that out of theory and put, you know, and do it on a practical level? Well, um first of all, we cha- we begin to change our hearts. We begin we we begin to heal our hearts from being in fear. Because living in fear is means you're not living in the moment. You know, when we're meditating, when we when we do breath work, when we be in the moment, we realize everything we have everything that we'd ever everything's perfect. In the moment, everything is always perfect. So, you know, simply breathing more, doing the, and um, in my book, I, I teach a, 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 a light meditation to begin to clear the pathways in our consciousness, in our hearts, in our minds that that live in this constant clutching of fear that there, there's not enough, and open and let the light in. Because let, it's sort of like let let the sunshine into your life, you know, and and then begin to. I actually teach people how to actually work with with cash, which we you know we we don't play with enough anymore, and bring and and, and do like Reiki light healing, energy healing on the money, so that the money itself begins to carry the energy of love and light. So it's all. Okay. These different ways to 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 bring light and love into like every monetary um, uh, exchange in our lives, and and I used it, when we used to write, use checks, I used to have people write money as love on their checks and then on their credit card slips, and so that you begin to shift in your own consciousness, you know, it, it's like a mantra. Money is love. Mm-hmm. Money is love. Money is love. Until it starts making new, path, you know, pathways in your brain and your heart, and that opens. That when I'm standing there at, with a with a clerk at the grocery store, I'm I, you know, I have my money in my hand and I'm using cash a lot more than cards, so that to to just really work with with this transformation, and I and I just. Fill it with with this like just loving light, and then I hand that that energy to the cash the cashier, 
and and I'm and I think the thought, money is love, and I'm handing it to you, and that energy is going into that person, and that's lifting, and every it, it lifts the energy. It's it's because the more the more love energy we put into the world, the the more money there is in the world. There's more everything because love expands and fear contracts. But one of the other things I really want to talk about, and that is that we hear all the time that if you just give, you will just naturally receive. Uh, I think a lot of women feel like, wait a minute, I give and I give and I give, and that, 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 that receiving doesn't seem we to should be. be millionaires. <laughs> right. yeah, we should be millionaires. <laughs> right. And what... What I've what I discovered is that's a, that's that's from the Bible. Uh, there, there's a saying from the Bible that is it's more blessed to give than to receive, right? And so that's where that all comes from. Is if you give, then you'll receive. But the Bible was written thousands of years ago, and it was directed to teach men because women were not even considered, you know, when the Bible was written as as actual, you know, people to be considered, right? Right, And and it it is blessed for men to give, right? Well, yeah, I mean, when we took Kabbalah classes... I mean, when we t- when we took Kabbalah classes, uh, uh-huh. you know, they they told us that basically tithing was what you did to protect yourself. If you tithed enough, then you and your family would be safe. I, I mean, it was really terribly fear based, you know. Yes, exactly. Uh, it, and if something went wrong, well, it was always oh, it it was something you did in a past life or you didn't tithe enough. Um, I, I, you know, I liked some of their teachings, but that stuff just made me crazy. Yeah, because it's because it's all it's it's the old dominator, you know, culture that that's what the when the dominator culture came in, it it, it had to be it had to be based in fear because everybody had to be afraid, and so that the dominators could run the world. Right, you know, but everybody becomes a dom a dominated person in a dominator society because you, there's always somebody dominating above you. Yeah, until yeah. you get to the one, until you get to the one male god above, and he's the great right. dominator. Right? right, and and the mother, you see, and that's what I love about the, the, the you know, and I talk about a lot is the the the, the divine mother, like it, like any good mother. She wants to share equally, equally with all her children. She doesn't mm-hmm. think about giving all of her money to the firstborn son. Mm-hmm. She think, you know? She thinks about, right. oh, all my children, what they need. What do you need, sweetheart? You know? Right. It's not, and it's not absolutely equal. It's what you need. What, mm-hmm. You know? And, and, and in, in, in our prehistoric culture, which was much more uh, unity culture, partnership culture, as um, Rian Eisler talks about, everybody, you know, sat around, the, you know, the fire, and, and they had, and everybody shared the food equally. 
But if somebody was sick and they needed special food, everybody just gave part of their food to that person, that other person, mm-hmm. because it was it was a collective. That was a right. collective. It was a very feminine kind of society, and that's what we're coming back to, and that's where we're going. But this, but the thing about the giving is what we've forgotten is because because of being a dominator patriarchal society is that it has to be as equally blessed to receive as it is to give or everything's out of balance so when we hear and it's really deep in our consciousness you know way in our subconscious it's collective the whole collective consciousness is that it's more blessed to give than to receive and therefore it is less blessed to receive so yeah. who wants to be? Who wants to receive if you're not as good as the giver? Right. You I see. see it's real. Yeah. Yeah. That. that so, it, well, and you know, and I think that plays into some of these, you know, or the misunderstanding of some of these Buddhist teachings, or you know, uh, they make it noble. Uh, you know, the suffering and sacrifice is noble. Uh, mm-hmm, I, I think that mm-hmm. just sort of sets us up to expect less and mm-hmm. um, be tolerant of not having a quality of life. Mm-hmm. And that, that one, I mean, Christianity, too. I mean, that's yeah. basic Christianity, you know, we, um, you know the, except for the church itself. But, um, right, right, right. But, but, so, but you see, what, the feminine is the receiver. You yes, have she's the to, chalice. Yes. You know, and the and the and the masculine is the giver, right? So if and if if so, if we find you know we put we put the masculine seed into the feminine womb and we make a we make a baby. It's it's right. simple as that, you know. Right. <laughs> and and so we if we these are the kind so this is the kind of consciousness shifting that we that you know I that I help people learn about oh. You know, what's it feel like to open the left side of my body and receive the energy to come in as opposed to going just always thinking you have to go out with the right side of your body and go get, go get stuff. You have to go get stuff. No, you have to open to receive. And the left side is the feminine side, right? The, 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 you know, uh, or the magnetic or the, the yin. And the right side is the masculine or the dynamic or the yang. And, and when those two things are in balance within yourself, you know, then you, you, you go out into you know, the world and you get some stuff and then you bring it and give it to your yin. <laughs> you well, and you know, and I, I, I think women especially, you know, down deep, <clears throat> we've been um, socialized or brainwashed or conditioned, whatever you want to call it, um, to um, not receive. I mean, think of think mm-hmm. of how hard it is mm-hmm. sometimes, even to just receive a compliment. Or, you know, we devalue ourselves. You know, we don't maybe think we deserve things, you know. And we might not, you know, we might not agree with that consciously. I mean, I think we even have to sit sit with that a while and really think about it because we might not even realize that, we, um, you know, that that is lurking there in our shadow. Exactly. 
Exactly. And, you know, I was thinking about, you know, the shadow, this, this shadow of, 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 of the dominator society, right? The shadow there has two sides. It's the, it's the dominator, which is like the perpetrator, right? And then there's the victim. Because you can't, that, that, they're both part of the shadow. You can't have a perpetrator without a victim, and you can't have a victim without a perpetrator. Right. Um, so, you know, we, we have to begin to really, really examine this part, this stuff, and begin to see where we feel like a victim and how we can begin to love ourselves and, not, you know, get, you know, love ourselves in really simple ways, you know, just by just kind of even stroking, stroking yourself and just saying, I love you. And it's okay, and I forgive you. Take a bubble you. bath. <laughs> Take a bubble bath, absolutely. You know, light a candle and have a bubble bath and maybe, a you know, a glass of wine if you drink wine or, you know, a, a something sweet and loving. Loving, loving. It all comes, and that's what money is love really means about, is about bringing all of the abundance, all of the goodness in the world into into the vibration of love and then it all works so so barbara i mean this almost this uh, all right so let me say again let me repeat to you what i think i'm hearing you say okay are you saying that we will raise our vibration and thereby help raise the vibration of others around us. And it sort of, you know, goes out exponentially like a, a pebble in a pond by just doing things that make ourselves feel better, uh, the bubble bath, the, you know, receiving, um, you know, maybe being in gratitude, um, uh, maybe putting, uh, putting these thoughts of scarcity out of our mind, um, uh, you know, uh, thinking of money uh, as energy and money is love, um, you know, sharing with other people. Are you are you saying? I don't want to say that that's simple, you know, because it's you know maybe easier said than done. But are you saying if we all just did that, that that shifts the consciousness, and then we're you know further down the road to this shift, or is it more complicated than that? I mean, I'm well, a Virgo, not- so I have to admit I tend to overthink <laughs> things. So I apologize. Right. That's okay. I'm an Aquarius, so I'm going. Oh, well, we can just do it uh, this way. It's all, but, um, but actually, it, it, it's it's loving ourselves so that we learn can love others. And because when when we're not loving ourselves, we're in fear that and jealousy and comp- competing. When we're loving ourselves. We don't have to compete. We don't have to be in fear. And then we can love others. And then that's, and that's, what, that's where the shift happens. Because the shift has to happen. how does that attitude, though, Barbara, how does that attitude, uh, I, I can understand where that would make us feel much better. 
and maybe mm-hmm. just by feeling better we can get a better job or we do better at work and get that promotion or something like that. And maybe that, that is what you're saying. But I guess I'm trying to uh, – what I'm wondering is I want to make sure I'm not missing something. You know, um, how, how do we go from these sorts of things you know, uh, try to condition our thoughts differently, but then how does that help us pay the rent? How does that help us um, take that vacation, you know, or, um, you know, get get the nicer house or apartment, you know? It's about... Are you there? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm doing a deep, a deep breathing here. Because first, first of all, we, the, the major shift we have to under, do is to understand that we have to move out of fear. Fear blocks the flow. And money is energy, and energy um, uh, is directed by our thoughts. All energy is directed by our thoughts and our feelings. That's the whole. That's the whole law of attraction stuff. What you're thinking what you're feeling about yourself, you will attract that that to yourself. So that's that's that basic law of attraction. So if you're feeling, you know, if and but see the the problem with the law of attraction is that you is that people think it's really that the law of attraction is really simple. Okay, I want to have a Porsche, and so I'm just going to think that I deserve a Porsche, and I'm you know, and and I'm going to attract a Porsche because I deserve a Porsche. Well, your higher self may not think you that's that's in you know in alignment with who you are and what you're here to learn and grow. You know, so it's about you know becoming more aware of your who you are what your path is, what your purpose is, letting go of the fear, moving into alignment, into alignment with your purpose. You know, in my in my book Embracing Your Power Woman, we have the 11 points of power and the the one of the like 10th point of power is the power of um enlightened success. And enlightened success is really fine coming into alignment with what you came in here to do. And you may not have come in here to be rich. You may have come in here to be not poor, but you come in here to be, to learn and grow and, and do something that is in alignment with your purpose and your soul, what your soul wants. And then you, then you are supported in exactly the way you were needed to be supported to do that work. Right. As that opposed, makes sense. yeah. As opposed to just, you know, hold on. I want to get, I, I, you know, I, you know, the woman next door just got that fabulous new Lexus, and I need the Lexus now. That has nothing right. to do, <laughs> you know. Right. It's who right. are you at, at your soul level? Yeah. Right. And right. Yeah. Well, well, let me ask you. Um, tell me more about this history of the sacredness of money. Well. Um, I was just going to read this little. Um, well, no, go ahead. Go ahead. If I don't mean just, to, I'm just going to read, uh, and then I'll talk, I'll talk about that because um, this, this speaks to it. it this is a, a quote from uh, a book by Sri Aurobindo, Bindo, 
um, and it's called and his book is called The Mother. And it says, and he's talking about money. <laughs> money is the visible sign of a universal force, and this force, in its manifestation on Earth, works on the vital and physical planes and is indispensable to the fullness of the outer life. In its origin and in its true action, it belongs to the divine. And then later he says, the money force has to be restored to the divine power and used for a true and beautiful and harmonious equipment and ordering of a new divinized vital and physical existence in whatever way the divine mother herself decides in her creative vision. But first, it must be conquered back for her. Well, that sounds good, but I'm not sure I know what that means in practical terms. Right. Well, that's that's. I mean, that's originally money. Money was create. Money is simply what we what we share with each other to survive and thrive on the planet. Okay. Before before we moved into the dominator culture, we all shared. Uh, and received and gave and received whatever you know before we used coins you know we 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 just traded beads or or you know woolly mammoth meat and shared that with somebody and and got baskets and you know all of the right. bartering and everything right that's money whatever money is currency whatever you know whatever way we and in, in in the in the goddess cultures, everything was connected directly to the divine mother. Everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was part of her, because all the abundance comes from the divine mother, which is the earth. Right? She is the earth, and she has it all. And we did a sacred ceremony with the divine mother. You know, when we before we went out to the hunt. We we did sacred ceremony with the soul of the animal and the soul and the divine mother, and before we before we had a meal, we we did ceremony and thank. And of course, with still we did with grace, uh, you know, thanking and and being and understanding that everything we did was in was was in the realm of the sacred. Everything was sacred. And then, as we moved through history, into we we kept taking money further and further further away from the sacred. But originally, it was money was just completely sacred, and come it came from the mother, and it went back to the mother. Yeah, I'm thinking about Juno Moneta, uh, the goddess Juno Moneta. Uh, I think that's where we get the word monetary from. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. Barbara uh-huh. Walker. Barbara Walker wrote about, uh, you know, the early money was ores from the earth and that sort of thing, or ores, mm-hmm. uh, ores from the mother. And you know, and, and as time goes by, money becomes the root of all of all evil. Uh, Jesus says uh, about that eye of the needle thing. You know, a rich man uh, has a better chance of what is that? The of I, I forget how. 
Yeah, right. I forget that one too. He won't get but, into heaven because he can't pass through the eye of a needle or something like that. Right, I, I'm right, getting how it goes. A rich man getting into heaven is as is as easy as a camel going through the eye of a needle. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so money, money, money because becomes is no longer sacred. Money becomes right. um, reviled almost. Right, uh, it's, it's, a, a, you know, an ugly necessity. Right. And because it gets separated out, and, and so it, it got taken out in, out of the, you know, uh, out of the sacred column and put in the profane column, right? It, what it, mm-hmm. uh, it and now we want we're bringing it back, and that's what the whole caring economy, all of this is all about that. Um, but what um, actually, but what Jesus said wasn't um or so who well, i mean who really really knows but the original um uh translation which gets lost is that it is the lust after money is the root of all evil ah okay which okay. is very different than than money and than the money he, itself. He threw, yeah he threw the money changers out of the temple because they had they had um Money used to come to the temple to be to to be lifted up, you know, to be part of the sacred exchange, and the and the money changers had had you know taken that and 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 made it you know um, not sacred, yeah. the absolute opposite, you know, and so that's the why lust, he got the so lust mad. For money, the lust for money is probably what we call greed today, and greed used to be one of the seven deadly sins. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, um, so yeah, I mean, so, then you know, we got to the place what back in the eighties when we said greed was good, right? Greed yeah, is good. Or, we got really far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and look at the bankers. I mean, the bankers can right. trash the economy and steal and rob, and you know, uh-huh. they they pay no price, but the welfare mother can go to jail. You know, right? Um, right. Well, well, Barbara. Before, uh, all right. So, so let's let's talk practical advice, okay? Okay. So, for for listeners, okay, we have all the backstory now. We have some foundation. What are some mm-hmm. practical things they can do in their life to bring this abundance? To start, um, you know, making this shift in their consciousness beyond just thinking uh, that money isn't dirty, that money is love and abundance. Well, we all carry, you know, our, our our money wounds. We all have, you know, deep money wounds. We have the collective money wound of having been torn away from the Divine Mother's abundance that we carry all with us. But then we all have our personal money wounds from our families and our, uh, you know, and our 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 hereditary, you know, our grandparents, the great-grandparents that were in the, you know, depression, and, and, you know, your parents, you know, may have told you that, you know, that you're a bad person for wanting money, or your parents fought over money. We have all of those things, and each one of us has our story, our money story and our wound, and that we need to heal. And the, one of the ways I, you know, one of the tools I teach in healing that is, is you know, free, you know, just free flow journaling, where you just start out the journaling every morning for like 20 minutes, um, 
uh, and just starting out with saying, when I think about money, I feel. And then you just write, and you just write and write and write and and, and write the stuff out because you're going to start you're going to start bringing stuff up that you had no idea had anything to do with money because there's so much stuff around it. And then I teach a, 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 a in the and it's, this is in my book. It's all right in my book, so you can just get it. and It's really easy to, to follow. And then you do a white light meditation of just pouring white light through your body and cleansing all that stuff that that you bring up from your deep subconscious when you're journaling. So um, and you do that. So uh, doing that daily is is the basic the basis of of all of, of all the money is love teaching and healing that. Um, and then there's all kinds of wonderful games to play of, of, you know, healing the money, laundering the money. The spiritual way is one way. And to write money as love on all your checks and credit card slips. And just begin to it just, in and, you know, just infuse yourself and, and, and heal yourself, become aware, become, really go into it. And the journaling is so great because really helps you become aware of stuff in your subconscious that you never knew was there. And as, okay. as you lift that up out of your subconscious and into and then clear it in and then heal it with the light as you it, you become, you literally shift. It literally shifts you into a new, a new vibration, a new understanding, and a new openness to receive to receive and this is such, I think receiving is so important to begin to let's say I just receiving's a good thing. <laughs> receiving yeah. is a good thing, you know. Re- yeah. Um yeah. And you deserve it. You deserve it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But we get you know you, you, you there's there's that that stuff in there that's you know that women have especially that says, you know, and, and you know, I mean men have it too, but we, this not being good enough, not you know, and shame. We have to get rid. You know, I mean, there's there's so many levels of stuff we have to heal. I mean, we have so much shame. If we don't have, if we're in debt, or if we, we don't have enough money, or we don't have as much as somebody else, you know, and all that stuff. You just we have to clear and journal it out and wash it out with light, and 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 then be kind, kind, kind to yourself. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for that, Barbara. Um, let me um, mention your uh, your books and your website <clears throat> again. Um, money is love. Reconnecting to the sacred origins of money. And the second book too sounds like that's important to know about. Embracing your power, woman. Embracing your power, woman. And uh, her website is her name, barbarawilder.com. Barbara, thank you so much um, for this for this valuable insights tonight. I really appreciate it. Is is there anything I haven't asked you that uh, you might want to add uh, before we wrap? Uh, no, I think we're pretty complete. Just know, just know know that it's possible. You know, one of the things I love to t- teach, tell people as we're moving into this new era is anything you can imagine, you can create. So take some time each day to imagine 
not only your life as an abundant life, but imagine living in an abundant world. Mm, Imagine what that looks like, what it feels like to walk around in an abundant world and be an abundant person in it. Mm. Where nobody, where nobody, you know, where nobody is is left out. Right. What if you woke up in the one morning and knew you had enough, and that everybody else had enough too? That would be pretty awesome. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds. That's well. That's what we're working toward, right? That's right. That is exactly what we're working toward. Yes. Absolutely. Well, Barbara, thank you so much for your time tonight. Um, I really appreciate this wisdom you've shared with the listeners. Well, thank you so much for inviting me, and it was lovely talking with you, Karen. Same here. And and please uh, come back anytime. If you get a new book or uh, any new info you'd like to share, just pop me an email and we'll get you back on the show. Sounds wonderful. Okay, sweetheart. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. And happy Thanksgiving. Bye-bye. Oh, and you too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, I hope that was helpful, uh, listeners. Um, you know, I, I, I want to share something, too, that uh, a friend of mine by the name of Jenny uh, taught me. We were doing these gratitude and abundance classes. And, you know, this is going to sound so oversimplified. But let me tell you, it really is potent. Um, you know, we were at the beginning of the year, you know, we would sit down and, um, you know, write our resolutions for what we wanted to manifest in the in the coming year. And, you know, I mean, I have the love of my life and um, I'm doing the work that I want to do and uh, I'm far from rich, but I can pay the bills. You know, I have enough. I wish it were more, but, you know. Um, I can put food on the table, you know, Um, and and I've been lucky enough to travel, you know, back when I was a part-time travel agent. So, you know, it was kind of hard for me to follow her instructions in a way, and I wonder if for other folks um, this, this might apply as well. You know, Jenny said, okay, what we're supposed to do is sit down and make a list of the things you want in your life and the things you don't want in your life. And, you know, that was a really potent thing to do, to sit and write the the things you just did not want in your life and the things that you wanted in your life. Because, you know, um, maybe we are so busy, you know, like hamsters on that wheel, that we forget what we really want. You know, we're getting up in the morning and we're getting dressed and brushing our teeth and going to work and fighting the traffic and coming home and making dinner and washing the clothes and paying the bills and getting the kids off and helping with homework. And then the next day we start all over again and the next day we start all over again and the next day we start all over again. And we just sort of get into a habit, into a routine, and we forget what we want. And if we've forgotten what we want, then we're not doing too much to work toward it, are we? Or maybe we're settling. Maybe we're settling. And then the other column is really just as important. What don't you want? And you know what? You had to have the courage to be honest and say what you didn't want 
in your life anymore. And of course, you know, we don't want to be oppressed and dominated and we want to be free and we and and all of that stuff. But you know what? Take it to a more personal level, you know? Um maybe you have a crappy boss, you know? Maybe you're tired of people telling you what to do. Um because you know what? That column that of of things that you write that you don't want that also helps inform what you want. And the two together, by really thinking about what you want and you know, not shoving it under the rug anymore and the column of stuff that you don't want and you don't want to have to tolerate anymore, you know, if we really start to focus on those things and we try to remove the stuff from our life that no longer serves us and we try to work toward the things that we want instead of shoving aside our dreams and our passions. I think these are really good exercises too. And you know we're coming into that time of the year when this is the supposed this is the stuff we're supposed to be thinking about. This dark time of the year is that time when we are supposed to be taking stock of what the past year has been, what's worked, what didn't work, what did we uh, nurture, what did we neglect. Because, you know, I, I keep reminding you what we nurture and tend to, it thrives, what we neglect, it withers. You know, so so work with the universal energies. Right now is the time of the year to be going within into the darkness. It's the time to marinate. It's the time to reflect. It's the time to uh, dream. You know, like the uh, the dreaming, the sleeping lady in in Malta. You know, the in her dream incubation chamber. It's the the time to start thinking about who you want to be when the new year begins. You know, the return of the light. Uh, the whole idea of the energy of Bridget in January. You know, Bridget, she's. Um, she's she's locomotion, she's motivation. You know, you take her sacred water, you take her fire, and you got, um, you know, you got momentum. So, work with the energies right now. Be in gratitude for everything that worked well. Uh, you know, we're in. You know, Thanksgiving is next week. Uh, you know, be in gratitude. Give thanks. Appreciate. And, you know, and in December, you know, start to really think about what you want to change. You know, let that creativity flow and, you know, see uh, who that authentic self is within you waiting to be born in 2017. And you know what? Forget. Forget about what is happening in the outer world. Forget about Trump. Forget about the news you hear. Just shove that all aside. Just, you know, don't listen. Don't listen. Don't listen. Because your thoughts and your fears will alter your positive um, outcomes, you know. Because remember, our perceptions and our thoughts shape our reality. Okay, 
I will get off the soapbox now. I hope that is all useful and um, helpful. Um, and before we call it a night, uh, we got a word here from Joe Carson. Most people see humankind as really separate from nature and separate from the earth. I'm as much of this earth as a rock or a tree is. And I came out of it. This is my mother planet. I grew out of this earth. As long as we conceive of divinity as above us or outside of us, or that our bodies are somehow less divine than spirit, there's no way that we can change our course. Well, you've been listening to the trailer for Dancing with Gaia, which is Joe Carson's feature-length documentary film. In it, she interviews 15 visionaries and teachers about earth energy, sacred sexuality, and the return of the goddess as Gaia. Joe traveled to ancient sacred sites all over Europe and the Mediterranean to shoot this glorious film. These spiritual sites from northern Scotland to central Turkey profoundly affect the origins of Western culture. You know, if you've always wanted to see these sites yourself but you haven't, this is a great opportunity to experience some of the best ones and get their story. The DVD comes packaged with a 45-page color mini-book, which goes even deeper into material. You can buy the DVD and the booklet for only $20 at dancingwithgaia.com. And don't forget Joe's other book, maybe you've heard me talk about here. Uh, It's called Celebrate Wildness. That's another good one. And, you know, while we're talking about books, uh, I just wanted to tell you... um, My next anthology is about ready to be ordered. It's called Goddess 2.0, Advancing a New Path Forward. Yes, indeed. And, um, you know, I hope you will uh, consider that uh, when you're uh, making your uh, holiday uh, purchases. Um, You'll be able to, um, you know, get the book from me. And um, I will read you. Uh, a synopsis of the book. Uh, I'm pulling it up uh, right now, and uh, you can hear what it's about in just a second or two. Uh, Here we go. And I'm waiting for it to open. There we go. So, Goddess 2.0, Advancing a New Path Forward. Here's the synopsis. You are not alone if you believe domination and authoritarian patriarchy are destroying countless lives and our planet. There is a more sustainable alternative, and it's not new. In fact, it's ancient. Exiled for a time but making a return, the sacred feminine has become indelibly integrated into our lives, reminding humanity during this time of crisis that the ideals of the great she offer a pathway to secure a more sustainable future. As people lose faith in organized religion, as the paradigm of power shifts across the globe, as climate change quickly approaches a point of no return, people are leading using their divine intelligence gleaned from goddess teachings to find solutions and sanctuary. 
They're listening to their consciences, their heart wisdom, and intuition to manifest a new normal. They're practicing partnership, generosity, and compassion to establish a new way of being. They're tapping into their empathy and morality as they hit the reset button. We are witnessing this awakening across the globe as people from all walks of life and cultures turn to goddess, deity, archetype, and ideal to evolve from the malignant chaos we face today. Using the wisdom and activism suggested in Goddess 2.0, Advancing a New Path Forward, we see through the lens of spiritual, cultural, and political leaders, old and new, male and female, They share the many ways goddess spirituality has grown and matured in the minds of her advocates to inspire the birth of a new world and usher in a time of security, peace, joy, equality, and prosperity for all. Yes, indeed. And um, I'm going to read to you uh, the names of uh, the contributors. Just one second here. If I can pull that up. Uh, yes, indeed. The contributors include Anne Baring, Starhawk, Carol Christ, Rianne Eisler, Barbara Walker, Christina Biaggi, Elizabeth and Robert Fisher, Shirley Ann Rank, Bob Gratrix, Patricia Ilona, Nancy Vetter Schultz, Isadora Forrest, me, Karen Tate. Uh, Amy Amalia Peck, Linda Isles, Andrew Gurevich, Charlotte Cressy, Delphine DeMore, and Tabby Biddle, and Trista Hendren, and Harita Mani. Yes, these are some great contributors, and they all have one of those threads that help form that tapestry uh, to create the new normal. So, uh, soon the book will be on sale. Uh, I believe you should have it uh, for Yule or Solstice and, or shortly thereafter. Uh, if you're interested in purchasing a copy, uh, please email me uh, at uh, KarenTate108 at ca.rr.com. That's KarenTate108 at ca.rr.com. I will have some uh, pre-sale uh, specials. Uh, if you uh, buy an early copy. Now, uh, next week I am going to be taking uh, taking Wednesday off. I will not be having a show, but there's lots of great stuff in the archives. Uh, maybe you didn't, um, you know, listen to all of those uh, wonderful uh, tributes to our foremothers and way showers uh, who have passed on and are honoring the ancestors series uh, that was running all month. Uh, you might want to avail yourself of uh, of some of those shows. Uh, Shakina Mountainwater, Patricia Monahan, uh, Margo Adler, um, Lane Redman, Lorian Vignier, um, uh, Diane Weinstein. Uh, just wonderful, wonderful um, tribute to Merlin Stone. Uh, there's some great stuff there. Uh, you know, to actually hear the voices of our beloved foremothers to whom we owe so much who have passed beyond the veil or possibly a tribute to them, um, you know, by someone who knew them well. Uh, We just had the show uh, last week uh, with Jack Dempsey on Barbara Moore, one of the co-authors of uh, The Great Cosmic Mother. But then the last Wednesday of the month, uh, I will have with me Carol Christ 
and Judith Plaskow. Uh, they are going to be here together, and uh, they're going to be talking about uh, their new book, uh, Goddess and God in the World, Goddess and God in the World. And, and the subtitle is Conversations in Embodied Theology, where they combine uh, audio, uh, autobiography and theology in a new method, which they call embodied theology, uh, where they talk about uh, their personal experiences, which uh, the, theologians and academics uh, often tend uh, not to do. So that's Goddess and God in the World, Conversations in Embodied Theology with Carol Christ and Judith Plaskow. Uh, that's uh, the 30th, the very last Wednesday of the month. Well, um, thank you, dear listeners, uh, for uh, your listener loyalty. Uh, as I always say and mean and uh, continue to believe, you are the gas in my tank. Uh, please continue to contact me with your show ideas, with your comments. Uh, it does mean a lot. Uh, please have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, what we're going to be doing uh, actually Saturday uh, this week is uh, Thanksgiving with all our friends. And uh, as we go around the table, we will be, uh, you know, seeing the glasses half full rather than half empty. Uh, we are going to uh, say what we are thankful for. Uh, we will also um, think about a challenge in our life and see what the gift is in that challenge. Yeah, because you know what? There always is a gift, as my friend Melody taught me. There always is a gift, even the most challenging of times. And uh, that's one of the things that we are going to be doing is uh, each person, as, as they will, uh, will mention a challenge and what the gift in that challenge was. And we're going to do one last little part of our Thanksgiving ritual, um, we are going to light sparklers. And uh, as each person lights their sparkler, we are going to say what we want to spark in 2017 in our life. What do we want to birth? Um, you know, where do we want to have the fireworks? Um, yeah, what do you want to spark in your life? What do you want to start? Um, what does your authentic self uh, or your year look like. So let's get those juices flowing and spark that energy, you know, uh, spark it into the universe. And we're going to literally do it with sparklers. Okay. Well, that about does it uh, for us tonight. Uh, I want to thank you so much for listening. I hope uh, you've gotten a lot out of the show. And uh, I think I'm going to close with Arms of the Mother by Abigail Spinner McBride. Good night. Evil, mama, my God.